The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Seated. You may be seated. Hallelujah. What awesome worship session. Thank you, HOP. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Words, we will continue once again this morning from where we, where we ended in the first service. So for the full package, listen to first service and continue with this. Um, I would like to start from um, Proverbs chapter 10. We'll continue our series on wisdom for profit. I'd like to start from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5. Proverbs 10, 5 says, e, Let me start from verse 4. Proverbs 10, verse 4. It says, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Verse 5 now says, He who gathers in summer is a white son. He who sleeps in harvest is the son who causes shame. He who sleeps in harvest is the son who causes shame. Our pastor has declared nine weeks of ingathering, nine weeks of harvest. Nine weeks of harvest. And so one of the things that is very clear is that in this nine week we ought to be gathering. We ought to be gathering. It's not time to sleep around. Bible says a son who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Hallelujah. A son who sleeps during harvest. We are in a, a harvest season. It's a harvest season. Harvest season where the works of your hand is concerned. Harvest season where the kingdom of God is concerned. Harvest season. Nine weeks of ingathering. Nine weeks of harvesting. And so, come on, declare and say, I am not a son that causes shame. I am not a son that causes shame. I will not sleep in my harvest. I gather in my harvest. And so, I'm gathering this morning. Come on, don't, come on, don't use your hand and gather. I gather all that is mine in this season. In these nine weeks of harvest, I gather my harvest in different areas, in different aspects of my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I would like, to, I would like to us to go further in the service by looking at Proverbs chapter 9 from verse 7. Proverbs chapter 9 from verse 7. Looking at, um, we will look, uh, let's look at the, the Living Bible translation. Um, the scriptures here says, if you rebuke a mocker, you will only get a smart retort. Yes, it will snarl out you. If, so don't bother with him. He will only hate you for trying to help him. So if you try to help some, some of them. But a wise man, when rebuked, will love you all the same. Teach a wise man and he will be the wiser. Teach a good man and he will learn more. I believe this morning that I have wise people who will be who will, who, will, who will be wiser this morning. I believe I have people, I have good people here who will learn the more. Hallelujah. That's what scripture says. When we look at the word of God, sometimes the word of God, Bible says the word of God has various things. The word of God can give us instruction. The word of God can rebuke us. The word of God can admonish us. And thus, in various ways, the word of God may come to you in different life manner. Last week, we looked at the word of God. We started looking at the word of God. We started talking about, uh, I think we ended the service talking about three areas. Um, um, three major. I mean, on how wisdom can lead to profit. And then we, we started by uh, with, with relationships. Uh, 
service last week about wisdom for the user management of the first service. Um, and the first service this, um, this morning, and we'll take it further by talking about wisdom for, uh, we'll, talk, we'll take it further by talking about wisdom for finances in this, um, in this service. And so, from where we ended in the first service, um, I would like us to um, we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Wisdom is applied knowledge of the truth. When we talk about what is wisdom, wisdom is the applied knowledge of the truth. Wisdom is our birthright as Christians. You have a birthright to wisdom as a Christian. When you give your life to Christ, you have wisdom is your birthright. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, but of, him you are in, you are, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. You and I, we have the mind of Christ. It, I mean, you know, wisdom is my birthright. Let me tell someone beside, wisdom is my birthright. I have wisdom. I have the God kind of wisdom at work in me. The wisdom of God is on my inside. And I draw it out. Hallelujah. You know, you need, you need wisdom to make money to manage money, and to multiply money. Bible scholars have said that there are over 500 verses um, in, the, in the Bible that talks about prayer. However, compared to the verses that talks about, about money in the Bible, there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that talks about money. You know, finance is the major part of our lives, and we need to know how to handle it properly. I mean, I know how to handle it profitably to, to enable us win in life. I would like us to look at a story, uh, one of the parables that Jesus spoke about in, um, in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 14 to verse 20. Matthew, chapter 25, the parable of the talent. I would like us to just read from verse, from verse 14 to verse 30 this morning. It's a long read, and I would like to just follow. So the, um, Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30, it says... For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went, one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look. I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. 
enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and eat your talent on the ground. Look, look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and there will be gnashing of teeth. You know, so there's a whole lot of lessons from this parable that Jesus spoke. And this parable not only speaks to what we do. You know, in first time you spoke about the importance of time. What we do with time. About the fact that time is the currency. It's the currency that we spend uh, in relation to our life. Time is our life currency. Time is our currency. We did a, a simple... Um, Example, in the first service, if you listen to the service, you may as well do the same thing for you to actually know what is your, your charge-out rate per hour for the things you do per hour. You know, and so there are some key um, lessons from this scripture we've read. I think the, uh, there are probably about six lessons from this scripture we've read. I would like to just talk about, about six of them briefly this morning. I think the first thing from this scripture which um, stands out uh, um, is the fact that one, the first point here is that God gives resources to everyone. It may differ from person to person. There is no one that God will not give resources to. Resources are available to everyone. One, someone may have a hundred thousand, but no matter what, you will have at least one. The second point from these scriptures, you know, lessons from these scriptures that the scripture we read that. There's a time frame to do business with the resources God gives every individual. There's a time frame. It's not forever. He gave it to them. He went on a journey. It's simple. Jesus came. He died. He gave us eternal life. He went back to heaven. One day, he's coming back. And Bible says that the, the, that thought that Jesus is coming back, that this thought, you know, it purifies us. This thought gives us hope. You know, you must rejoice at the thought that Jesus is coming back. And why is he coming back? He's coming back so that you and I can give account for how we have lived on earth. How we have lived. How we have traded the, with the talents that he gave us. The time is not limitless. You'll be required to give account of your stewardship. The same way we give for our finances. Every month you give, a, whether you submit the stewardship of how you spent your money to, to someone, or, but you give it to yourself. Because someone you wonder, how did I spend my money? When you remember, how did I spend my money? You start remembering. Okay, I spent this on this. You are giving an account. Whether you are giving it to yourself or to somebody else, you are giving an account of how you spend your money. One way or the other, you will be required to give an account. And the way our lives is, I mean, the way God, you know, we have, we have finances. It's a currency we spend. And the more you look at it, you need to give an account. So you need to spend it wisely and appropriately. That's why we are talking about wisdom for profit. Finances, you need wisdom to gain financially, to make profit in life. Number three, um, one of the things that stands out here for me 
again, I mean, a, a third lesson is how you see the Lord is how you will steward your resources. How you see the Lord, how you see God is the way you will steward your resources. How you see God. You know, um, someone who are, the, those who are the five and the two talents, they multiply the resources God gives to them. They were grateful to God for those resources. They were grateful. Lord, thank you for giving me five. I will do business with these resources you've given me. The one who are two, I will do business so they multiplied it. They were redeeming the time. They were trading with the finance that had been given into their hands. They were using it well, investing it well, multiplying it, investing it well. Not just say, you gave me only one. If I have only one, let me cuckoo spend it. Let's, I mean, let's just, let's cuckoo eat and die. When we go to heaven, we will explain that I had only one. The one who had one talent, the Bible described him as someone who was ungrateful. And he did nothing with it. God called him wicked and lazy. God said he was a wicked and lazy. He said, I have only one talent. I only had a first degree. I only went to primary school. I had nobody to send me. To we keep, give, people give excuses about why things are not working. Well, because my boss laid me off three years ago. That's why I'm where I am. They give excuses. Be grateful for what you are. Be grateful for where you are. The fourth lesson from this scripture is that God does not want you to be wicked. He doesn't want you, you know, that word wicked is from, is from an old English word that first, I mean, a wick, what you put in a lamp, that rope you put in a lamp, you know, it's, you, it's twisted. They call it the wick. And God doesn't want you to be twisted. You twist those ropes. God does not want you to be wicked, neither does he want you to be lazy. God expects you to do business with what he has given to you, what he has given to you. The fifth lesson from this scripture we read is the fact that in God's mind, in God's mind, putting money in the bank is the least that you can do. It's the least thing you can do. Not only from this mind, if you go into, you also check this same similar parable in, in, in Luke. It's the least you can do. So having money, keeping your money at home, you are like that person. You are doing nothing with it. I just keep my money at home. Banks, they don't give you anything. You say, it's the least you can do is to keep your money with the bankers. It's the least you can do. Where your finances is concerned. You know, I think a question you should answer, if you have a bank account that yields in it. Look at what he said. He said, at least they would have given me any interest. Jesus told them, the parable. he said, at least I would have gotten interest when I arrive. So, even if, no matter how small, there would have been an interest. It wouldn't have been the same. You wouldn't have buried it and kept it the way I gave it to you. And lastly, one clear lesson, one last lesson that God wants you to invest your money. No matter how little God has given you, God wants you to invest that money. God wants you to invest it. The little he's given you. You know, I would like to just um, run us through six wisdom keys for financial prosperity. Six wisdom. So I've spoken about um, six lessons lesson from the parable we read about the way God expects. The way you see God is the way you steward your resources. That's the way you spend it. You know, one of the things that is clear is that the way you spend your money is the way you spend God's money. If I put it, God says, manage this business for me. If you are not diligent, you don't plan, you don't have a budget, you don't have a budget and you work with it, you don't invest your own money, if you are always on an emergency mode, so even when it comes to God's business, you will always be in an emergency mode. You've got to plan your resources. You've got to have a budget. 
You know, Pastor has taught us a lot about this, so I'm not going to dwell a lot uh, around this space. But I'm just going to talk to us about six uh, wisdom keys for financial prosperity. I think the first one, um, I'll give you a scripture reading, which you can check it out later. Luke chapter 19, verse 20 to verse 22. One of the things that God expels to do is that God expels you to focus your money. I mean, you know, I mean, this is just a uh, reference scripture for what I'm about to say. The first is that focus on investment, not expenditure. The first point I'm giving you: you've got to focus your resources, finance, on investment, not expenditure. Focus on how to multiply money. You should you should be concerned if you are not multiplying your money. You should be, and it's rightly so. You should be concerned if you are not multiplying money. No matter how little you can set aside a thousand naira, if your per hour rating is a hundred naira, at least no matter how bad it is, ten naira out of that money should be should be should be invested. You should invest it. Focus on investment, not expenditure. Don't hear this message like any other message you've had. I think what makes the difference, the Bible says it's not the area who are blessed, it is the doers. As you hear this money, what will you do about it? What will you do differently about your finances? Number two, second point is that you should avoid a lifestyle of borrowing and indebtedness. Avoid a lifestyle of borrowing and indebtedness. But, I mean, we say it a lot, but a lot of people, they've mortgaged their future. A lot of people, they've mortgaged their future earnings with various debts. Uh, I mean, very, they, they borrow from so many. There are some people, I don't know if there's anyone in this church, but there are some people in the church they attend. They borrow money from everybody in their church. They don't, they don't have any other social capital. Some people have borrowed money from all of their friends. And so once their friend sees their, them calling, the friends automatically go into I am not an available mode because they know what will happen. My brother, um, can I just have 2K for the weekend? Do you know anybody like that? Just 1K for the weekend. I just have a little emergency. I'll return in end of the month. Just 1K for the weekend because they have maxed out all their relationships. They've maxed out, they've borrowed from all their relationships in such a way that even if God is speaking to someone, you know, when it comes to using your faith, when God will bless you financially, sometimes God stirs up people's heart to give to you. But if you borrow from everybody, the Bible says the wicked man who borrows money and does not repay. They, so, you realize that when God is nudging someone, I mean, you know, maybe you are in service and you are just worshiping God, you were praying, and, and you needed 10,000, and there's a brother sitting at the back, and the brother knows you, and a thought was coming to his mind. Give X, Y, Z. 10,000. Well, you know, faith, Bible says faith worked by love. If that individual say, that when I borrowed him 20,000 last year, last three years, he has not returned it. As that thought is coming, he just blocks it out automatically. Don't live a life of, or don't, don't, don't live a lifestyle of borrowing and indebtedness. Debt compromises your income stream. Debt. It compromises your income stream. You know, Proverbs 22 verse 7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is, is slave to the lender. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is a slave to the lender. Third financial key, I would like about this morning, uh, is that um, I think it's, it's, I'll make this statement, and whichever way it, you look at it, it says um, the love of money 
and the lack of money as situations of concern should be a situation of concern for life and destiny. For every believer, you know, a lot of time what you, what you hear is that the love of money is the root of all evil. But one of the things that is very clear is that the love of money and the lack of money, those two situations are places you should not be. It should be a concern for you. The, you know, I mean, the love of money and the lack of it. You know, most of the time, the lack of it leads to the love for it. The love, the love of money and the lack of money are situations of concern. Should be a situation of concern for you as a believer. And if the Bible copiously um, uh, made reference to money, why you needed money, how you should use your money, how you should spend your money. Bible, I mean, even Paul writing, he said, those who are rich in this world, this is what you should do. Those who are rich. So the Bible recognizes that there are some people that are rich. So why should, Jesus said, the poor you always have with you. But the Bible never said that you will be the poor. Right? The Bible said those who are rich. So there's a category of people who are rich. So you've got to, go, you've got to determine why, where are you pitching your tent. Are you, am I pitching my tent with those who are rich in this world? Or am I pitching my tent with the poor who you always um, have, who always have to give to? And some of these things, you know, will shape the way, the way you think will de- actually determine whether you will prosper financially or otherwise. Bible says wisdom is justified by our children. Your wisdom will also show forth in your finance. Bible says the city was in trouble and that a poor man tried to advise that city and nobody listened to his wisdom. And so one of the things that wisdom ought to do in your life, that wisdom ought to help you to get ahead in life, it also helps you to get ahead financially. And if you like that wisdom to get ahead financially, then you should seek it and find it. Hallelujah. The fourth key I want to talk about this one is that habits sustain wealth and habits sustain poverty. Habits sustains wealth. It sustains poverty. There are certain habits that you have that will cause you that can cause you to sustain poverty. There are certain habits you have that can cause you to, to prosper. Some habits that can cause you to sustain poverty includes not having a budget. One habit you have is that includes not working. If you don't work, you cannot be rich. You don't have a means of income. You know, some people have so mastered, you know, for instance, even in a church like this, you should not live your life on welfare. That is said, we give, I mean, you, know, you, should, you should not perpetually be on welfare list. You can be there for a season of your life. Because one, the way we get, I mean, we prosper in this kingdom is by giving. So your seeds. And so a, a healthy habit to have that will cause you to prosper is that you should give. You know, one of the, 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 the sequel for this week that Pastor T has um, shared with us is, that, is, is, that, is, is the sequel of, of our seed that gives, so seeds. It's a, it's a good habit to have. It's a good habit to tithe. It's a good habit to give offerings. When I say sow this seed, don't say they are not talking to me. Because your seeds can meet any need. We've said so much, but you've got to believe in it that you have a habit of giving. Don't only have the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, it's a good habit to give. Because when you give, Bible says that seed time, harvest will not cease. Harvest time will not cease. So you always have 
harvest on your seed. If you don't give, you don't have harvest. If you are just, you are just receiving, receiving. You keep receiving, um, but you will not have a circle of people giving to you. What are poor habits to have? Impulse buying. Impulse buying. If you seize, you must have it. Poor habits. Where finance is concerned, a lot of people, the time they should have more, they should have um, spent, the time they should have spent um, significantly uh, generating um, income, some of this time have been invested heavily on the social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. You know, time they could have learned productive things. They mortgage it because they idle away their time instead of investing it to yield returns to them financially. Habits sustain wealth and habits sustain poverty. Have a habit of budgeting. Run your life based on a budget. Have a habit of saving, of setting something aside. I want you to remember that habits sustain wealth and habits sustain poverty as well. So if you're going to be prosperous, you've got to have the right habit. You've got to develop the right habit that will enable you to be prosperous. And if you have the wrong habit, there are also habit that sustains poverty. If you have the habit of associating every rich man as a thief, then you realize that in your subconscious, unless you steal, you cannot become rich. Number five, maintain a savings culture. Don't spend everything. Don't spend everything. Don't spend everything. I learned this, um, this, this, particular, um, this particular key. I learned it in the other way. When, God, when, when I got married, I was, um, I was always spending money. I was always spending money. I spent, you know, the money comes in. How many of you know when it is that you know that they will pay on the 25th? By 20th, in the office, you're already waiting. You, are, you, are, you know, you are parading the, um, the payroll officer and you are calling on 24th. Have they paid? He said it's tomorrow. And then you're always waiting for the alerts. You're always waiting to get that alert until I had to learn saving by force. And I had to deactivate my, you know, maybe for some of you may pay you. I had to, de- I had to deactivate alerts on my salary account then, such a way that I don't want to be, to be controlled by these alerts. Because once you hear that alert, one of the things that it does for some people, wrong habit is that it rings in your mind that start spending. That's what it says. And until you finish spending it, that's when you now wake up. You finish spending on the 15th, then... You've had a habit of spending for 15 days straight. And that was, so when you get that alert, <laughs> come on, the alarm, start spending. You start dancing. You start spending. And before you know what's up, I mean, by 15, it's gone. Then you get to the office. You know, in the first one week, you are very proud. <laughs> eh, very proud. You know, you come, you know, just, you get to the... There's somewhere they call First Bank Canteen and Marina. I don't know. I know you don't go to those kind of places. And then if you go to First Bank Marina, first week if you go there, 
you know, when they do the turn, I don't know, you know, they turn something. And then you start pointing at everything. You are, you are proud. Just load it. A place for protein. And you point at everything. But by, but by the third week, by the third week, what you do is that you just send him, look, um, Indomie have the kiosk next door. Just call, the, you just call someone. Buy me Indomie, just one egg. I don't want any other thing. You know? Or you visit, you now go in the afternoon. When you see it, when they are turning it, and they say, rice, this, you say, um, meat. Mm-mm. And, and that's what happens. That will happen by the third week or the fourth week. Some of these things as a result of not planning yourself effectively. If you don't have, you know, okay, don't let, me, don't let me get there, don't let me get there. Or should I get there? Okay, no, no, let me leave it. Let me leave it. <laughs> Proverbs 21, 20 says, Precious treasure and oil are in a white man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. A foolish man spends everything. No New Living Translation says, The wise have wealth and luxury. Now we are talking about that. This is your month of wisdom. So I'm a wise man. Say, tell someone I'm a wise man. And what do we have as wise people? We have what? Wealth and luxury. But fools, what do they do? They spend whatever they get. Look, look, just look at it. The wise have wealth and luxury. Like we say, luxury. They have wealth. So it's not wrong. So it's a rich person who has wealth, who has luxury. But in scripture, can, can you see it? Bible now describe, you know, Bible now describing the opposite of the wise. He calls them a particular name, five-lettered world. Can you see there? But that five-letter word, spend whatever they get. But fools spend whatever they get. They spend it. Until they finish spending, they will not stop. I'd like to read the scripture to us from... Um, the message translation this morning, talking about how we should plan, set aside, and talking about, I love the way message translation put it here. And um, now, this scripture, basically just telling you what you ought to do, what, what, what that you should learn from certain people. Proverbs, um, Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 11, the message translation says, You lazy fool, look at an ant, watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. Nobody. I'll tell you what to do. All summer, it stores up food. It has a plan. It stores up food. At harvest, it stockpiles provision. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? Someone say, I don't have work, so I'm sleeping till 9, I'm sleeping till 10. You know, shouldn't be on your bed at 9 a.m. in the morning. You are not sick. Even sick people, uh, you are a member of the church, you should, not be, you should not be the sick. I'm the healed, not the sick. A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Does it resemble anybody you know? Sit back, take it easy. You know, do, do you know what comes next? Do you know what comes next? If you live your life that way, he said, just this, this, this is it. 
This is just what, what happens for those who live that way. And I know that there is no one like that in this place. You know, I don't have anybody who just take a nap here, a nap dead. They are sleeping at 9 a.m. when others are at work and so on. He said, you can look forward. He said, those kind of people, they can look forward to a death poor life. Poverty, their permanent house guest. Say, never. So if right now you've had poverty as a temporary house guest, it's time to tell them your time is up and chase them away. And chase them away. Two more scriptures. Proverbs 21 verse 5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to what? To poverty. So it says that the diligent, they have plans. It leads to abundance. So if you plan financially, financial planning, it leads to abundance. Lack of financial planning leads to, I mean, you are hasty. You are hasty to spend. It's scratching you. You must spend that money. Some people cannot keep money in their wallet for one week. They must spend it. So long as they, you know, is in their bag, it has to be spent. Bible says it only leads to what? Poverty. Proverbs 21 verse 5, the message translation now says, I like the way Spencer put it, it said, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Orient's curry puts you further behind. The last point I'll mention, last financial key, I'll give, you this, give us this morning, from 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 23 to verse 24. And what's that key? The key says, wealth travels in the direction of wisdom. Wealth travels in the direction of wisdom. Wealth travels in the direction of wisdom. Wealth travels. Wealth travels in the direction. The wiser you are, the more you are getting closer to colliding with wealth. The wiser you are, wealth travels in the direction of wisdom. So, verse 23 says, so King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. You know, they travel together. Now all the earth saw the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. God put wisdom in his heart, and the Bible says all the earth sought to see him. I don't know whether King Solomon was, was they were, you know, in, in a sense, he was charging for, as they are consulting him, because he may not tell them this is the exact amount, but they bring gold. They are bringing their goal. To consult him, they bring something to see him. And so, as you grow, as you become wiser, wealth comes with it. It comes. And your man hour financially increases. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Wealth travels in the direction of wisdom. Let me tell someone besides, I'm a wise man. Wealth travels in my direction. Wealth travels in my direction. I'm a wise man. I save. I invest. I develop wealth-creating habits. I do not develop poverty-creating habits. I create habits that enable me to succeed financially on a daily basis, year in, year out. I'm growing. I'm increasing. I'm becoming better every day. Every day. I'm getting better in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Can we bow down our heads for prayer this morning? I would like you to pray. You've had God's word. What has God dropped in your heart? What did you hear from God in this season as we, as we wrap up this series on wisdom today? You know, I would like you to rise up on your feet as you pray. I would like you to lift up your voice to God in prayer this morning. Can you turn your, lift up your voice to God as we pray this morning? Come on and ask God for wisdom. Bible says, you do know, if you don't have, if you don't ask, I want you to specifically ask God for wisdom for the situation and circumstances of your life. It's a particular area. Look, at every point in time, you always need a wisdom. You know, most problems are wisdom problems. Can you turn to God this morning and ask God for wisdom? Wisdom for, wisdom for this season? Wisdom for this, that aspect? Wisdom for that situation? Maybe you are even changing season. You are moving. A new thing is starting in your life. Can you ask God for wisdom? You are about to embark on a new project. You are on a current project. You are rounding up a project. You are rounding up. You need to change status. Financially, you need to step to another level. Can you just ask God for wisdom this season? Ask God for wisdom. Maybe as it relates to raising your children, as it relates to turning things around, as it relates to advancing, as it relates to your marriage. Open your mouth this morning and ask God for wisdom. Ask him for wisdom for this season. Ask him for wisdom for this time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ask God for wisdom. As you go out into this new week, ask God for wisdom for this week. Don't keep silent. Don't be silent. Don't be silent. Open your mouth. Ask God for wisdom for the next phase. Wisdom for your career. Wisdom for your home. Wisdom for those things that God has put in your heart. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you for a fresh release of wisdom for your people. Fresh release and impartation of wisdom for your people. This week, you'll be guided. You will hear a word behind you telling you this is the way to go. You will know what to do. You know where to do it. And you know with whom to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.